Howdy, and welcome to Lost in the Lyrics, a podcast where we ordinarily discuss song lyrics and completely overanalyze them. I'm Elliot. And I'm Claire. And today, we're not going to do what we normally do. It's our special three-year anniversary episode, and we're going to read a fan fiction that we wrote <laughs> based on an episode we had seven months ago. Yeah. Uh, be sure to stay tuned afterwards for Elliot to talk about flags and for updates on my needing projects because the other parts of the podcast will be the same. Alright. Would you like to hear a joke? Sure. I I would. I, is it by Jeff? <laughs> yeah, it is. Jesus was relaxing in heaven when he noticed a familiar looking old man. Wondering if the old man was his father, Joseph, Jesus asked him, Did you by any chance ever have a son? Yes, said the old man, but he wasn't my biological son. He was born by a miracle, by the intervention of a magical being from the heavens. Very interesting, said Jesus. Did this boy ever have to fight temptation? Oh, yes, many times, answered the old man, but he eventually won. Unfortunately, he heroically died at one point, but he came back to life shortly afterwards. Jesus couldn't believe it. Could this actually be his father? One last question, he said. Were you a carpenter? Why, yes, replied the old man. Yes, I was. Jesus rubbed his eyes and said, Dad? The old man rubbed his eyes and said, Pinocchio? (laughs) I don't understand, except that, is it saying that Pinocchio is based on the Bible? (laughs) I don't think the point was that. I think the point was, like, it's a funny misunderstanding. Because <laughs> these two people who, you know, you wouldn't necessarily relate actually have, like, a, a pretty similar Oh, yeah. I guess Pinocchio was story. brought to life by a magical, be- supernatural being, fairy lady. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he stopped the functioning, fairy. right? He stopped being alive and then he came back or something. Yeah. Yeah, he got turned back into a puppet or something. Or he got <laughs> eaten by the whale or I don't know. Pinocchio? Very good. Mm -hmm. I think with a little bit of explanation, that joke is not too bad. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do you want to talk about the weather? Sure. It's it's pretty nice out here uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, It has been cold. Like, you know, a few weeks ago, it was snowy and very cold. But right now, it's almost 60 degrees out, which is kind of wild how quickly that started happening like a few days ago it was 30 degrees and now it's 60 degrees so that that's interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i think it's about 70 here but i haven't gone outside so yeah i'll leave it at that yeah, I just went outside briefly, but I I haven't been out besides then, and yeah. All right. Um. So usually at this point in the podcast, we would do our initial reactions to the song. Um, that seems a little bit silly, given that we wrote this thing. Um. So if you want to know our initial reactions of how we came up with this idea. I would suggest going back in our uh, I, library catalog, whatever, of former episodes and listening to one called Epiphany. Um, I don't it's remember a Taylor what Swift the subtitles. Song. Yeah, 
But uh, it's a crossover because this fan fiction is a Twilight Mulan the Disney movie franchise crossover. Yeah. Um That's the subtitle of the episode. Epiphany, a crossover. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. Yeah, Epiphany, a crossover, episode 54. Yeah. So, so it's a... It's a I guess it, I hadn't... you interested in. It's been a while since I thought about how weird it is to do a Mulan-Twilight crossover... Because, you know, just looking at the fanfiction, it's just been like that for long- it's been like that for the last seven months, so I haven't- I haven't really thought- stopped to think, like, huh, it's kind of weird to cross these two franchises, but- Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I guess we should just start reading it. Um, I'm gonna be doing the narration, Elliot's gonna be doing the, um- the different, like, speaking and thoughts or whatever, dialogue. Um, so that that's what's going on when we switch off. Right. Yep. And it's called Epiphany, of course. Yeah, because we didn't come up with another title. Well, it's based on the song Epiphany. I feel like it's a... It's a well, it's a the first fitting part is, and then, <laughs> then I forgot what the song was about, so... And didn't feel like looking it up. So I just we have some uh, we have some quotes from the song as well. Some of the dialogue again, direct, in directly the first taken, part. directly taken from the Taylor Swift song. Anyway, yeah. all right. Should I just start? Yeah, you. I mean, you have the first line, so okay. Sir, I think he's bleeding out. Shang shouted. Carlyle rushed to the general's side. What's wrong? He's wounded. Get help. Shang looked distressed and Carlyle could tell he was on the verge of tears. Let's get back to camp. The general commanded. His voice carried his orders through the ranks of the confused troops. He lifted Ping off the ground carefully, not to dis- careful not to disturb the wound. May I? Asked Carlyle. Shang hesitated, unsure if the mysterious doctor, who only turned up a few days ago, would have the strength to carry Ping all the way back to camp with his slight 6-2 build. (laughs) Then again, he had previously underestimated Ping, having witnessed the scrawny soldier succeeding climbing the pole and training before any of his stronger-looking comrades. I've got him, Shang replied curtly before turning away. Carlyle shrugged. He knew he didn't look as strong as he was, but then again, Shang didn't know he was a vampire. Carlisle Colon had arrived at the battlefield one week before, and had quickly made himself known as a capable doctor when he was able to prevent a young soldier from needing an amputation and losing his leg. Uh, This wasn't the first battlefield Carlisle had visited. After Alice had given him that time machine for Christmas, he'd been traveling to various battlefields across time and aiding other doctors. He had always loved traveling and learning about history, and felt he might as well save lives along the way. After their long day of fighting, the soldiers returned to their sleeping quarters, and Carlisle made his way back to the doctor's tent. Shang was already there, and with the army doctor and the injured soldier, Shang and Ping must have arrived there only minutes moments before, and Ping was still covered in his own blood. 
Carlyle was used to the sight and smell of human blood, having worked in hospitals, hospitals for centuries. He, but it seemed to be bothering Chang. Interesting, Carlyle noted to himself. He must care about him. The other doctor began to take Ping's armor off, removing his helmet carefully to reveal his barely conscious face. Ping flinched away as the doctor tried to remove his chest plate. It's just a flesh wound, he murmured. Oh, sorry. That's he I, murmured. I should have murmured it. My bad. He murmured, trying to lift his hand in defense. Carlyle noticed that Shang's condition had only gotten worse after Ping's helmet was removed. Let's go outside. They don't need us right now, and you need rest. Carlyle said, placing a guiding hand on Shang's back. Shang nodded, obviously still in shock, and followed Carlyle out of the tent. Shang, said Carlyle. The two had become close enough over the last week that formal titles felt unnecessary. He tried to look Shang in the eyes, but he turned away. He's going to be okay. The expression on Shang's face was familiar. He had seen it countless times before, even on the face of his own son, Edward. It was the face of someone concerned for the health of their loved one, and it was obvious that that was what Ping was to Shang. Sorry, I, these name drops. <laughs> the Twilight character name drops. Okay. Um, I know you care about him. I can tell that he, he, he means a lot to you. Carlyle chose his words carefully, not wanting to make Shang uncomfortable. Shang bit his lip nervously and turned, looking away. It's getting dark. I should get some rest. Shang slowly began to walk away. Please let him survive. (laughs) He muttered to himself. (laughs) Carlyle knew that he wasn't meant to hear that last part, but his superior vampire senses made it out clearly. As Shang left, Carlyle knew he needed to go be useful. It had been a long day, after all, and he knew that all the humans, including the doctor, could use some sleep. So he headed back to the hospital tent to check on the doctor and the injured soldier, Ping. When Carlyle found, what Carlyle found when he entered the tent again was shocking. The looks on the faces of the doctor and Ping were both completely unexpected. The doctor was quick to explain that he and the army had been tricked by him, Ping, or rather, her. Carlyle, with his superior vampire senses, had suspected that Ping might have been hiding something, but he had learned a bit about tolerance and gender identity in his millennia of undeath. He knew that it was possible for a man to have been born biologically female, and he had not planned on revealing what might be personal information and a secret. However, the doctor had moved a little too quickly, or maybe he and Shang had moved a little too slowly, and now the doctor knew Ping's apparent true identity. Go rest. Carlyle ordered the doctor. And don't tell anyone about Ping. Carlyle made, to use, made sure to use the soldier's chosen name. The doctor left the tent, but not without grumbling. If that's even her real name. If not, it doesn't count. Plus, the general isn't just somebody. Carlyle knew that a normal human normal pair of human ears wouldn't have been able to pick up the doctor's words, but he was neither normal nor human, and he caught every single sound the doctor expelled down to his last breath before he left the tent. This is not going to go well, thought Carlyle. But I might but I might as well attend to my patient in the meantime. It is my job after all. Carlyle let his gaze wander to his patient properly for the first time since he returned to the tent. She or he or they, Carlyle wasn't, really wasn't sure of the soldier's pronouns at this point, was sleeping, 
breath even and steady. Carlyle knew there was nothing to worry about at the moment concerning the soldier's health. Well, other than the being hospitalized bit, but nothing pressing, at least. It appeared that the army doctor knew something about medicine, even if he knew nothing about patient confidentiality. Carlyle settled in, ready for a long and ideally boring night. Carlyle's long, boring night didn't last long. The soldier began to stir, their breath no longer even. He watched as they started to realize where they were and their state of dress. Before anything could happen, Carlyle spoke up. You're okay. Unfortunately, the doctor is now a little more knowledgeable about your anatomy. I told him not to tell anyone, but I don't think he's going to heed that order completely. Could you let me know how you'd like me to address you, and if you're comfortable, could you let me know how you came to be in this position? My name is Fa Mulan. The soldier answered with seemingly no hesitation. Sometimes Carlyle cursed his vampiric charisma that made people so willing to trust him. Go on. He urged. The soldier continued. I am a woman. I came here to fight in my father's place. I assumed a male identity because clearly the army does not take kindly to women. I guess that's kind of it. There's not much more to tell. So you've always felt like a woman and did this merely out of a sense of duty, not because you identify as male or perhaps that you wanted to explore other elements of your gender expression? Well, I've always kind of been terrible at being a woman, but I want to be. I didn't know how I could be when I failed my appointment with the matchmaker so horribly. I saw this opportunity to do something worthwhile to help my family, and I took it despite my gender, not because of it. Before Carlyle got the chance to respond, he heard the sound of feet running toward the tent. He opened his mouth and thought, but thought better of it, knowing there would be no time to properly warn Mulan about the chaos that was about to ensue. Shang burst into the tent, followed closely by the doctor, who was clearly out of breath. Shang, on the other hand, although tired from the battle, looked like he could have done that sprint in his sleep. He practically did if the bags under his eyes were any indication. He would make a good vampire, Carlyle mused. Turning to Carlyle and the doctor, Shang opened his mouth as if to yell something. He seemed to think better of it. Turning to Mulan, then back to the two doctors, he let out a sigh. Can we have some privacy, please? Carlyle turned to go, but the other doctor stayed rooted to his spot. Come on, Carlyle urged. They'll be all right. The two walked out of the tent. The doctor headed off to his own tent, but Carlyle fell behind, ultimately retreating back to the medicine tent so he could listen to Mulan and Shang's conversation. Was he eavesdropping? Sure. Yes, definitely. But can he really be blamed? After living with six temperamental vampire teens for centuries, Carlyle had learned that it's often better to intervene before the conflict happens. So, your name is Mulan. You're a woman, and you joined the army to what? Save your family's honor? Yes, sir. You understand that this means you have to leave the army, and that you've just brought more shame to your family? Yes, sir. You can stay here until you have recovered enough to travel to your home. But you sure- but I- I- sorry. I'm sure your family is very worried about their daughter. Carlyle really didn't want to interfere, but the evident sneer in Shang's voice made him tense up, ready to intervene if necessary. He hoped it wouldn't be. And in fact, it wasn't necessary. Shang left the tent and left Mulan. Carlyle knew that the general must have been upset about something, but he didn't pursue it. 
He had his suspicions that perhaps Shang harbored emotions different than those usually felt by a general toward his soldiers in regards to Mulan. To be honest, Carlyle picked up on those feelings when Shang thought Mulan was Ping. Maybe I should say something to him. Carlyle thought. But then again, I don't think it's really my place. Not to mention the fact that I'm not exactly sure what the norms are concerning all that in this time and place. I'll just stay here with Mulan until she recovers, but then I think it's time to travel home. Okay. So that's the end of the 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 proper story. But we do have a little epilogue bonus scene um, that is a conversation between Mulan and Shang. Would you like to be Mulan or Shang for this? I would like to be Shang. <laughs> okay. That means I'm Mulan. Here we go. You really fell in love with Ping? Are you sure you like me like this as a woman? I'm not going to change for you, you know? Of course I did. And uh, of course you're not. Wait, are you attracted to men? Um, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I'm attracted to you regardless of your gender presentation. Okay. Uh, works for me. Cool. <laughs> so that's the little, little, little end scene. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. Wh- how do you feel? How was that? How was the fan fiction? Um, it was very ridiculous. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Every time there was like a random nod to like. You think, you know, you're really in the story of Mulan during this. I don't know about you, but when I was hearing it, I was like, wow, I'm really in the story of Mulan. And every time that was disrupted by, like, his son, Edward, you know, or, like, his vampiric uh-huh. abilities were just, I don't know. Every time it mentioned, like, something Twilight-related, it felt very out of place. Like, Yeah, I think I think that dissonance is good, though, and that's kind of what we were going for. Yeah. I like the random... clearly, um... <laughs> Carlisle, uh, Englishman from the like 1500s, is not is out of place in like 800 uh, CE China or whatever it is. Is that how is that how it's written in Twilight as well? Like how they talk about Edward being like off and weird and different and stuff. Um, I think less so, but that's because like. The vampires in Twilight have lived through time up to this point, right? Mm. So they've they've sort of been there and experienced how society has shifted. Whereas in a time travel situation like this, and also a cultural um, shift where Carlisle is just thrown into this other culture and time period that he has no experience with prior to this, you're going to get more of that... um, cultural outsider stuff going on rather than somebody who's actually just been in the culture for actually longer you know well what would be if you had to say one or two lines of analysis for this fan fiction how i know that you like we both participated in writing it but you know if if we had to pull it apart a little bit like (laughs) do you have anything to say other than what i already what i just said yeah yes about um, the fan fiction specifically. No, I think I I think I already said it. What do you have to say? 
You know, I think Ping and Ping slash Mulan, I think, I, I like the way that, I should say you, because, you know, we, we split up the writing in different ways, but I like the way that you and also the other characters kind of, I like that the little bonus scene implies that, like, things work out for Ping, you know? I mean, we know this from mm-hmm. watching Mulan, but I like, I still appreciate that little bonus scene. I, I kind of wish... You know, I wish somebody had, there was more, somebody could, was there to help understand Shang feel more understood. But also, it's pretty obvious that, like, Mulan doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. These allies, very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, mostly my comment is just that I think it's funny every time there's, like, something vampire related that's just randomly dropped. Especially, like, the... Oh, why is Carlisle here? Oh, you know, Alice just gave him a time machine for some holiday. It was Christmas. For Christmas? Yeah. A Christmas time machine. I also like the line, superior vampire senses, which I use (laughs) at least twice. (laughs) I like, yeah, I do like the random, like, don't forget he's a vampire. Remember, he doesn't sleep. He's a vampire. normal human. (laughs) Right. Um, I think... I also, there's a line about, like, his millennia of undeath. Mm, that one's good. And I also like six temperamental vampire teens. That's, <laughs> yes, they are. Just that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good description. Yep. That should be on the back cover of Twilight. A young, I don't know what to say. A, a, well, a very, there's only, a very there's only pale... five... No, no, it would be the first, the first book. A very pale girl. Yeah, there's only five temperamental vampire teens at that point, and one temperamental human teen. Okay, so it could be like the back cover of like an action action drama of the last book, and it's just like Bella, once a pale, sickly, desperate human girl, is now a temperamental vampire. Two. Yeah, it can be the part two. And but with her, would... I don't know. Then you have to consult. Have the question of is she a vampire teen because she's nineteen, or is she a vampire newborn because she's zero in her vampire life? Well, what if she's a vampire newborn teen? <laughs> she's a vampire <laughs> a teenage newborn. vampire newborn. Yes, she. It could. It that could be. That could even be one of the lines in like the in the movie trailer, right? It's like. T- teenager in life, newborn in death, or something like that. <laughs> or should I say, yeah. undeath? Meet, I'm imagining, sorry, I'm imagine, imagining this as like a sitcom. Meet Bella. She's one of six temperamental teenage vampires that live in the, on the Carlisle Cullen residences or whatever. Uh huh. I don't know that much about Twilight, except for I kind of do. You know. Okay. Yeah. Um, do we want to move into talking about flags and knitting? Okay. Uh, do you want me to talk about knitting first? I can talk about flags. I can transition from flags okay. to knitting. I thought for our this is our special and this is a special episode um because you know, the 3 years since our first episode release. But um yeah, I know I've talked about this flag before, but I thought, you know, for the occasion, it makes sense to bring it up. Uh, our podcast has a flag, and I have that flag on my wall and on my laptop. But, uh, uh, you know, on my laptop, it's a sticker. 
on my wall, it is a knit flag. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of a, how it relates. But um, refresher, our podcast colors are blue and red and white. Well, and blue and purple. red. I feel like blue and red and purple more so. White is sort of yeah, just like because we, we changed the, our logo. Yeah, we changed our logo, but the podcast flag remains very similar to the Canadian flag, um, with the two red bars on the sides, um, and the white in the middle, but instead of a maple leaf, it's, uh, a blue, uh, blue musical notes, a blue, um, you know, it's two eighth notes, yeah, the kind of like the stock image of, uh, of, uh, of two barred eighth notes, and, uh, yeah, it's a great flag. I've had it on my wall uh, and in my and around my room and stuff for the last few years, and it's it's a very nice gift for thank you for the knit flag. Um, um, I'd also like yeah. to mention the um, eighth notes. the The first one is has a little line through it, so to make it look like that middle C, and then the other one is a little bit above it, so it's like C and E the notes oh right i totally forgot about that but thank you for that reminder that's a great reminder i yeah i honestly i can't tell that there's a line through the bottom eighth note from this angle of seeing the flag Mm -hmm. on my wall but yes anyway that is that is it all right you're you go ahead yeah um i think last time i was still working we potted i was still working i was working on this um but i'm making a shirt um, it's, it's getting close to being done. Um, <clears throat> I think I have, I don't know, approximately ten more rows or something. I'm not really sure, because it ended up being kind of longer than I thought it would be, so I'm making the last stripe smaller than the yeah. other ones. Um, so we'll see about that, but I will shortly have to do some, like, math and measurement and stuff and figure out how many stitches I want to decrease it by because I want it to like fit nicely on the top of my chest um instead of like being really baggy um so I I will have to do that eventually but um I haven't done it yet um but yeah I will soon because I'll have to Um, cool yeah Pal, I think my flag that I have for our pod... Sorry, this is off topic again, but the the flag that I have for the pod doesn't have a line through the bottom note. Oh. Like uh, your sticker? Well, my sticker, but also the little flag icon that I made at one point or another. Perhaps I should change that. I should revise it. It can be the Mm. updated flag. Lots of flags have revisions. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a thing we know. <laughs> well, it's more like you're re-updating it because the original design did have a, a line through it. Yeah. Anyway, I will fix it. I don't remember having a line through it. I think I must have forgotten that detail. I remember when we were brainstorming our logo, like our first logo. We also brainstormed our second logo together, but I remember... When we were brainstorming our first logo, we were doing it in person, like, on a, in a notebook. And we also brainstormed our flag. And I don't remember in those sketches writing down the C and E notes. But I do I think, like that touch. I think I might have done that. Yeah, I like that touch. It's nice. Well. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I guess we wrap yeah. up. It's a very short episode. That's this it. is a short episode. Well, we also didn't analyze a whole song. We just read something that was already written. True. So. Um. So today we got lost. Well, today we read a fan fiction. We got lost in a fan. We got lost in the in the fan fiction epiphany. And we learned, I don't know, not much. Pinocchio, yeah. we learned that Pinocchio and the, and the Bible have some things in common. Specifically, Jesus. Um, thank you to us for writing it. Um, and to us for reading <laughs> thank it. Thank you to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, this podcast was, edi- was, edi- was edited and produced by Claire and Elliot. The opening and closing music is by Elliot, and I'm usually the one who you interact with on social media. If you have any questions, or you would like to suggest a song for us to, an- for us to analyze in the future, then please, uh, you can email us, oh golly, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at LITLpod, or email us at lostinthelyrics.pod at gmail.com. Thank you to all of our listeners for your support and enthusiasm. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Pod and that you join us next time to get... Lost in the lyrics. Have an Andy day.